Welcome to Friars on Farm Podcast. I'm Donovan, and together again with Roy. You are the bionic man now. Dude, I am the bionic man. I have I have a fake hip. It's all titanium. I, I think I think I'm going to be able to get through the uh, you know the X-ray scanner because when you do the hands up and then do the roll thing around, uh-huh. they're going to see me and they're going to see this like sickle looking thing going into my femur with a ball in a socket, and they're going to go, "You have a hip." And I'm going to say, that's not a weapon. No. <laughs> not even in my rec ball league is that a weapon. That's more of a hindrance. Well, so did you make the decision to do this when the rec ball league was canceled that, okay, if I'm not going to have a baseball season, because I'm hearing about, there was a good article from Eno Saris today about what player development groups are doing when baseball's not happening. What can, what can guys do instead? So you decided to get a new hip so then you can come back next year and be Ken Griffey Jr. again. Pretty much, and I was supposed to be, have this in May. In, in May, I was supposed to uh, to get it done, and then literally on the twentieth, on like on the eighteenth, they called. Hey, we have a we have a spot on the twenty fifth of March if you want to come do it. And I think I've said this before in the past. Like I'm really codependent with my work, so I'm like, no, I really need to give them enough time to make sure they can fill my position. Um, which I got guff for from even my boss. He's like, you're an idiot. I'm like, I just, <laughs> dude. I know you guys can't live without me. It's all about me. Uh, I said no, and then right after that, everything got cut off. Everything got stopped, and they didn't do uh, didn't do surgery for ten weeks. Right. So serendipitously, uh, you know, we are on on this all this time off for for work, and well, actually, it was the ninth. So I, on the ninth, I'm like, okay, my last day. I'll be uh, on on sick time for the next 12 weeks that's so messed up that you planned this around your work yeah well I, <laughs> i'm sorry I, I like my job but man i did well right when they called me, like i'll take it and okay. it was like a week away i took it um i told my boss i'm like i'm done i'm out and and it, at work it was really starting to look like we're getting in the summer for work there's nothing going on there i am not missed um and even if yeah it's like there's nothing going on and so it was a good time it really was really serendipitous that mm-hmm. i was able to to take this time off and uh, get it done. I feel better every day. I'm almost off the smack. Um, <laughs> I, I take Percocet at night now just to kind of sleep through the night. But right now, I'm, I'm just taking a couple of Tylenol extra strength. Um, you know, with my recovery, I, I'm very mindful of not... I wasn't a downer guy anyway. I was more of an upper guy. I guess you guys didn't need to know that. But <laughs> being mindful of, the you know, being an in, in right. addict. I, yes, I didn't yes. want to get all mucked up on goofballs like in Ned Flanders or anything like that. And well, so now, so now you are a, you. We're reassembling Donovan, putting Donovan yeah. back together, and now baseball seems to be reassembling itself into a fresh start. It, it is, and you know, kind of like the beginning of our song, the beginning intro was. Um, I just felt the other day this overwhelming sense of like it's a really bad idea. Like I'm super excited. Like I watched Australian baseball league from November to. February uh-huh. to get my fix, but I just woke up going like it might be a really bad idea that this is going to happen. Well, you watch what's going on in the news, and I mean things, people aren't taking things seriously, and as a result, the numbers are getting worse and worse. Uh, so Craig Calcaterra on Twitter said something about whistling past the graveyard, and that phrase stuck with me. Yeah. That 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 really feels like a lot of what's going on. That now that the news isn't paying so much attention to it because it's not, you know, it's. It's not the hot topic of the moment, right? but at the same time, there's thousands of people dying every day. There's thousands of new cases every day. There's all it's, kinds of bad signs out there. So yeah, baseball, we want baseball back. I want to be able to watch right. baseball. I feel like it's a house of cards that's being built together, and it doesn't take a whole lot for the whole thing to come down. But in the meantime, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. Absolutely. And, and just to kind of go back to that, if the owners and players would have got stuff together maybe a month ago, and then we have this spike... And maybe we were already kind of figured out some of the stuff, you know, some of the, the 101 pages of, of of instructions on how to do this safely. Mm-hmm. Then it wouldn't have been so bad. But it seems like we're going to start baseball 
right when the second wave is coming, and they're talking about having another wave again in the fall. Right. Well, um, I mean, it's not even waves because we've done such a bad job of following the protocols yeah. that it's just like a big plateau. And now it seems to be peaking, you know, taking off again. So it's like it wasn't even a wave. It was like a like a pre-shock. Like, you know, yeah. you get the, the little earthquake and then comes the big earthquake. Oh, man. So they have testing and all of this in the in their operating manual. Uh, but there's a lot of holes that you can poke in it. There's a lot of opportunities for things to go wrong. Yeah. So we'll, I think it's just an eventuality that you're going to see a half dozen guys on a team all test positive. You're going to lose a bunch of stars off of one team, and then what's going to happen? And then right. we're going to wind up with a bunch of AAA rosters playing each other. And there's going to be de- – I, I don't mean to be all doom and gloom. I just – I see a lot of ways gloom, for it to go wrong. you got to think about that stuff. you got to think about when – how far is too much? How many guys on a team – um, you know, Bob Nightingale got a bunch of guff for saying it's going to be the healthiest team that wins. Well, I'm not sure if that's the case because I think after a certain amount of players get like, say, four guys on the, you know, the 25 man roster from one team get knocked out. As an owner, I'm like, I don't know if I want my players in, you know, I don't. Getting sick is a big deal. Well, and we can't just talk about the positive test. It's not just whether guys test positive. In Nicaragua, they didn't shut down baseball. They kept playing until a coach died there were there were two play i think it was a player and two coaches that got sick and one of the coaches never recovered he passed away yeah um and so yeah the players are young they're healthy they're athletes they should be able in theory they should be able to survive this we see marathoners that are getting sick and they're getting intubated Uh, they talk about long-term effects but you've got coaches that are older that may have you know whatever right. issue that makes them but it's not just those it's the trainers it's the the clubhouse attendants the janitors i mean all the people right. you can't just look at the millionaires and look at the Eric Hosmers and the Manny Machados out there and look at them being greedy it's a lot of other people out there that are in a way taking on a risk for themselves and for their families to, to make this happen absolutely and for the padres those two guys are um, Glenn Hoffman and Larry Rothschild. Right. Like those are the two and they're going to be, you know, if you read a bunch of stuff today, um, they're going to be separated. They're going to be having their own kind of... There's a separate entrance. There's a separate entrance for those guys. Yeah. They're going to be kind of no more jogging across, no more like Glenn Hoffman hobbling across the well, There's no high fives. They're not right. allowed to spit. spit. There's no chewing tobacco seeds. Uh, no mean, arguing. How much? The umpires are like, all right, let's play tomorrow. Within, no, arguing. no arguing within six feet. Yeah. So you can take a step back and then voice your opinions. But it's just somebody pointed, I think it was Emily Walden asked, so how do you hold a runner on base while maintaining social distancing rules? Yeah. I, I that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. So there, there are times where that rules are going to have to go out the window. And then the things about the baseballs, like batting practice, they can only use the ball once, and then it has to be cordoned off. They have to sanitize it. They can't use the same ball for five days. And so the, and then who's going to go get the foul balls and the and the home runs? I mean, there's so many, so many things. You're going to hear that you hear, and then like you know, even the natural one he was hitting dingers when no one was there. He's like, uh-huh. clink, 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 clink. I want to know. If they have, and I've heard nothing about this from Major League Baseball, if they have been in talks with Japan or if they've been in talks with the KBO, how are they doing? We're not hearing any of those guys getting sick. We're not hearing any of their protocols. I wonder if we mirrored any of that or we contacted them about that. Well, as a society, they handled it much better as well. Yeah. And they've they've had, culturally for years, they've had it where flu season somebody starts to get sick, they wear a mask. Yeah. So it's not unusual to see, and now we see that here, you see among the Asian culture here in the States yeah, that absolutely. you see more people wearing masks. And I've always thought of it as a little bit odd. Oh, that guy's wearing a mask. That woman's wearing a mask. Now it totally makes sense. And I feel like this is hopefully going to be part of our culture moving forward that when there's something in the air, people are going to take precautions. Yeah. Well, and it, <laughs> the kind of the sidebar on that is at work. A lot of our, a lot of our student body are Asians and we have those kids come in all day. The past 16 years I've been there wearing masks, you know, and we've been smirking like, what were they wearing a mask for? Well, now they're walking and they're going, ha, look at me. I, well, huh? Huh? Right. I had it first. Right. Um, but it's also a, it's also other than obviously the health benefits of that. It's also mm-hmm. a fashion thing with, with them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get into baseball. And, and I hate to keep whistling past the graveyard here, uh-huh. but J.J. Cooper just came out with an article in Baseball America on 
you know, major league teams. So, so along with all the major league stuff, and that's been the kind of primary focus of what baseball has been going through is the end of the PBA with the minor league season, mm-hmm. the minor league team. Sorry. Yeah. This was a big topic for us before all this stuff happened. Right. <laughs> we were champions of them and we still are. But now what uh, JJ writes about is MLB teams have been reaching out to other independent teams. Mm hmm. Seeing if they want to become affiliated. St. Paul Saints. Yeah. Sugarland Skeeters. Among those two are going to be probably in the mix, but some of those other squads that I, I couldn't, I don't, I think Somerset in Jersey was the, one of the teams that they mentioned in the article. But that was super interesting. So that means if that happens, even more minor league teams were going to be contracted. Um, also, they have asked, they've now gone kind of forward with it in asking the major league teams what their thoughts are on how they want their alignment with their affiliates. Right. There were some interesting things about rearranging several of the leagues. So AAA, they're talking about splitting AAA into three, which it was for a long time. You had the Pacific Coast League, the International League, and the... the Eastern League. Well, the Eastern League is what still exists. Yeah. yeah, and so they're they're talking about maybe splitting it, which kind of makes sense from a geographic standpoint, right. from a, a travel, a logistics standpoint. It makes some sense. Um, and then what I thought was interesting was that low A, he was talking about these this these teams will move down to low A, these teams might move up to double A. He mentioned that the Northwest League might become a low A league. Yeah. So I had assumed that the Northwest League was kind of getting cut altogether. But I'm wearing my my Tri-City Dust Devils t-shirt. Go Dusty. Maybe this t-shirt has some legs still. Right, right. <laughs> well, let's hope let's hope that's the case. And, and with those low A ball clubs, you know, we'll see how that works out. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to be closer to the affiliate, but those those players are more farther away. So do, you know, what are the Angels going to do? What are all these ten, the uh, California teams going to want all their AAA teams in what? Somewhere very close? Well, I don't know if AAA needs to necessarily be geographically close. It needs to be logistically close, if that makes sense. Right, so you need does. to be able to hop on a plane and get to your parent team or any of the other 30 major league or 29 major league venues in a short period of time. Right. And how many guys have we talked to are going like, there's not a lot of flights going out of Amarillo. Right. There's not a lot of flights leaving El Paso at eight o'clock at night going to San Diego. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and then moving, you know, that, so it's going to be interesting. They're going to move the, uh, the Midwest league is like huge. Mm-hmm. So they want to split that up into four quadrants. Um, and it, that's just kind of weird. You there's know, there's a lot of politics yeah. involved. I mean, it's, it's a lot of these cities have had long-term relationships with the parent team yeah. and the Padres have been in Fort Wayne since the late nineties. I want to say, yeah, they've been affiliated with Lake Elsinore since 91 or 92. 94 is when I think it was built. Okay. 96, maybe 94, 96. Yeah. When so Chase Elliott these... was through there. So that was quite a while back. Right. So some like the, like El Paso, it's relatively recent, but right. a lot of these relationships go back decades yeah. So are are they gonna are they gonna chop all that up just out of convenience? I there's a lot there's a lot to, to unwrap there. Absolutely. And with the Padres, like that's a really nice ballpark. That, that's a mm-hmm. really nice facility. Mm-hmm. They have a really good ownership group there. Really tight with the community. I don't. I think the Padres don't need to do anything. Like they shouldn't have to touch anything. Yeah. But what if the decision comes down that that needs to become a double A affiliate? So then do they abandon Amarillo now that they just established all this great goodwill there? I don't think so. I, I think they're going to stay. I don't, I don't think the Padres are the ones that are really. If Amarillo becomes an advanced class A, then what happens? You know, there's like a whole, it's going to be yeah. the craziest. It is. The well, craziest affiliate shuffle ever. Well, this this is from the article with JJ. Uh, before any of this happens, the sides have to strike a deal. Right now, even that is in question. If no agreement is reached by September 30th, MLB could simply walk away from an expired agreement and form its own structure for 2021 and beyond. Knowing that the teams they want to play in their redesigned minors would almost assuredly apply to join newly developed development systems. Boy, that's like a mutiny. It is. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. That's And really, Major League Baseball is just going to say, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Mm. Let's do the development league. Sorry, the rest of you guys are going to get the development league. We're going to hook you up with the collegiate, you know, stuff. Um, I don't think that's going to be, that's like the nuclear, like, all right, dude, bye. I don't think they're going to do that. Mm -hmm. That, That's just 
incredibly bad. Although, you know. So you mentioned collegiate. I've there. So right now you get all these kids that are drafted out of high school and they take years to develop. They've, they need to not only develop physically, but also from a maturity standpoint, it takes a long time. And it's rare that you see somebody like Bryce Harper that spends maybe a year in the minors and then goes right to the majors. Um, And so there's been talk about putting more of the player development workload on college baseball. And so I'm curious how that would work out because you would have to have some sort of a reciprocal relationship between Major League Baseball and college. I have a, I don't know how it works between college uh, between NFL and NCAA football, but NCAA football is a multi-billion dollar giant industry. Right. And these kids come straight out of that. They step onto the NFL and they and they go. Right. And um, they make a major impact most of the time directly with the league that they're drafted into. Right. Same thing with a lot of the other other sports, I think what they'll just do is if they're going to do the collegiate thing and let a lot of that development happen there. Um, well, you got to tell AJ Preller because he just keeps picking, <laughs> he keeps picking all these studs that are high school ball players, mm-hmm. um, and and we develop in our own system, which makes sense. You get you get these players in the collegiate system like we we're talking about before this, with. Um, you know, with well, just we'll say it. like with Mackenzie Gore. But the uh, the story we we heard was like he pitched this game. He went and played right field, and then you know, dove all out for a ball in right field because that's the way he plays baseball. And right. well, that's you don't want that with your draft pick. You know, you don't want that with your your star player. Sure. Um, in colleges, they they also need to have uh to attract players. They also need to attract boosters. They also need to win. And so mm-hmm. um. As much as I get to see a lot of what happens with uh, the UCSD just by watching them do the plyos with the, with the pitching, uh, with the pitching maintenance, they do care. They, it's not that they don't care, but a lot of these big clubs, a lot of these big collegiate teams, they need to win, and so they might, you know, you might be put in a little bit longer than the normal. You you do hear a lot of that. The guys have a lot of workload in college. Yeah, yeah, they pitch a lot of innings. You know, maybe they're and and they don't have as much control over the conditioning in between and all of that. I, at Oregon State, I remember seeing that that they had the they had the balls and the bands and all this. They're working yeah. all the time trying to make sure that they're loose and limber and and healthy. Uh, but there is that concern that somebody's going to go off to college and get overworked. Yeah, I would imagine that some college uh, programs have a better relation, a better uh, reputation than others for you know grooming um, toward the pro game. Right. And it really, it's a different game altogether too. Cause like college hitters, they're swinging an aluminum bat. The ball's a little bit, it jumps off hotter. So they don't develop power the same. Right. There, it's a much more contact heavy kind of a thing. And the, also the defense isn't as good. So you get guys that are you know, super contact heavy. Um, who's the guy that just can't Nick Madrigal is a guy that comes to mind. Yeah. that didn't have a whole lot of pop, but he can just, you know, line drives over second base all day. And is that going to translate to major leagues? And the way the guys pitch, pitchers learn to pitch differently because they have to pitch to contact. Right. And then once they get to pro ball with the wood bats, but with the bigger, stronger guys and all this, it, it's a totally different thing. There's It's a long adjustment for these guys. Absolutely. The learning curve is, is huge. And not every day you get those top draft picks that can go you know, maybe two years in the minors and work their way right through. Like mm-hmm. Joey Lucchese, like Eric Lauer, those guys went through the system you know, through a through a pretty thin system back then, uh, pretty quickly, and are are not impact, but they're certainly solid journeyman starting pitchers and players in in the major leagues. Yeah, uh, Josh Naylor, for instance, you know, he took him three years, almost three years, about four years to get there, but he got there pretty quick. Well, he's, he's still, as for a high school player, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but with a and when you make it a professional. Those, it's an investment. It's like so so we get like, oh, they scratched, you know, so and so today because you know it wasn't feeling that good. Mm-hmm. Well, th- he should still pitch. We're here, you know. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they, they're, they're, I think the, you know the the affiliates are the organizations are definitely more prone to treat it as an investment and and you know the nutrition, like all the high school guys that they that they that they hire. I'm sure that they draft. I'm sure they get them on like a a, a nutrition. Regiment and you know guys like uh, Xavier Edwards, just really small guy. Like, okay, here's what you need to do. Here's the food you do. This is what we it's what we mm-hmm. suggest. I would think they do something like that, but you see these guys, the projectable, you know the you know the Robert Hassels of 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 this year, and you look at that guy and you're like, yeah, just get him to eat steak all day and work out, maybe some stretching, and he's going to be a 
beast. Okay, so this thought occurred to me. So major league or minor league players are only paid during the season. Um, and they're not paid in the off season, but they're expected to go and work out and train and eat like a professional athlete. I wonder at what point are the teams going to begin to supplement that you know, where they can issue some sort of a, of a credit to help them pay for a gym membership. Right. And maybe like an allowance for, for meals, um, you know, so that they, they're not living off a $5 hot and ready from little Caesars every day. Because it's not just having a gym membership, not just you go to 24-hour fitness and lift weights all day. There's a lot more. There's there's right. personal trainers. There's these guys. And you look at what um, uh, everyone we've talked to. What Justin Lang did in the last year, putting yeah. on 50 pounds of mass and adding all that velocity. That kid's cut. Yeah, but that, I saw that. Like, that kid's cut But that, that program that he went through. I'm sure it's not cheap. That's right. and so if that's what they're talking about, I mean, he he looks like Captain America to me. Yeah, you know where he starts as Steve Rogers, the 150 pound, <laughs> you know, dripping wet, yeah. and then he's like bulging out of his skin. But that doesn't come cheap, and that's what they expect these guys to be able to do in the off season. Meanwhile, they're going and getting jobs at the grocery store or at Amazon or UPS to just to to pay their car insurance and their their cell phone bill. You would think that. So let me play devil's advocate because we're just going to keep going on this. Um, I just signed you for $4 million. Dude, you can pay for that yourself. I'm not talking about the $4 million guys. Right. I'm talking about the guys that signed, like Levi Thomas signed for $80,000. Right. $80,000 is a fair amount. Right. You also have all these guys that just signed for twenty grand, And so they can go out and buy a hoopty, you know, go get a, a used Toyota uh, Camry and put all their stuff in it. And now they just spent all their money. And now what? You know? Right. So now how are they supposed to be able to, to, to get strong and, you know, yeah, train some, some kind of off season stipend, like here's yeah. your, you know, spin it as you will, but here's your gym stipend. They could even 80 they, bucks a week. They That's could a even lot make of players it like, though. It's a lot of players, but I, I get it. I, they, you would think that'd be the smart way to go. Here's a nutritional packet. Like, uh, and I, I don't know what, you know, every player has a player program at the end, like a player plan at the end of their season, they mm -hmm. hand them a bag or, you know, a, a, a thing full of, of instructions. Apparently they've got an app that they use. Okay. Uh, that sounds right. Um, yeah. They do it for the, for the pitchers at the college level. I've seen a mm -hmm. couple of those programs and then they check up on them, but you're right. How about, how are you doing with nutrition? Well, you know, I, I've had to work. I've had my, my day job, you know, I, I work out, you know, three days a week, but I got to work, you know, all this time. It does. It, it, it wears on you. Mm -hmm. So I don't see why they don't do that already. Okay. In your off season, you get this amount. A month. They could even make it like there's a debit card that they issue them, right. and then you can track where those transactions are. So you make sure that they're not spending their money on other stuff. Right. You know, like an EBT card almost. Right. <laughs> What's a six pack of beer, a keg, and hold on, what? Yeah, yeah. That's that's not going to help you. Uh, oh. You know, help you increase your velocity. All right. So now, those of you that are still listening, we really appreciate you. We really appreciate it. But let's get on a little bit of the MLB. There, there has been some talk about, apparently minor league baseball isn't dead for this year. There's still, there's still conversations going on. There's a chance that something might happen. I don't know. I, I can't see a regular season. I can't see them playing summer ball. To me, best case scenario is that there's an expanded fall league. Yeah. Yeah, or, or they have those players, or a large select few. Well, let's get into that, because that's what I kind of want to talk about with the taxi squad. Okay. And, uh, you know, so we have the spring training 2.0. It's going to be held at PECO and USD, and then they're going to have the taxi squad. Wait, at USD? USD. I hadn't heard that part so yet. This is, so this is the spring training. So the next yes. three weeks, they'll be at USD, because it's Ron Fowler Field, uh -huh. um, and at PECO, because you can't have 60 guys practicing on one ball field you right. know, how many of those you gotta have social distancing okay. gotta, and it's just not feasible yep. so that other squad's gonna be at USD but have once, you been to a game at Ron Fowler Field at USD no I've only been before it became Ron Fowler it's a nice field and it's neat because you kind of walk through and you drop down into this valley and there it is down in there it's yep. a nice ballpark I've been to the ballpark just not since they upgraded it okay um, so my question is so you have this taxi squad season starts you have your taxi squad say they're gonna be well, maybe they'll be in Peoria because that's a lot of the, what they're talking about them being in Peoria. Mm -hmm. uh, Lake Elsinore does not have, you know, has one field for 30 guys. You're not going to get a lot of workouts um, for 30 guys every day. Yep. And what's that going to look like? So are they, so are your pitchers going to be pitching four innings uh, a game? You know, are they going to have uh, games every day or will it be drills or how's that going to look like? And then who are they going to have their 
other than the 30. So you have the 30 guys that are in the taxi squad that they have major league potential. They're going to be probably called up eventually sometime during the season. Is it just going to be those guys, or are they going to have extra guys there to kind of fill in to play against them? You know what I mean? To kind of fill out the squad. I don't think they're allowed to have additional players. Okay. I, I think it's just the 30 players and then whatever training and support staff you need to have around them. So Dennis Lynn, sta- he pointed out that uh, Peoria is the likely location right now. I mean, not to get back to doom and gloom, but Arizona's numbers have been blowing up. That does not look like the healthiest place to to try to run a spring training op- or a, a, a taxi squad operation. Right. But then the flip side of it is you've got all the facilities right there. You've got the apartments right across the street where they can house everybody. Yeah. So maybe they can make a sort of a bubble there. Yeah, you just have absolutely. To, you just have to guarantee that those guys aren't going out at night and doing whatever they're not supposed to do. Right. And that's, and that's another big thing. They're going to be monitored, but like, you know, they're not going to be wearing like an ankle bracelet (laughs) kind of a thing. And they're just, you know, days over, you go back to your room and don't do anything stupid. Right. And guys are guys are, they're going to want to go out to dinner. They're going to want to go out, not to, not to go out and party, but like, yeah, you guys go out to a club. You know, whatever, but that that you can't do that now. Right. That's not something that, as a ball player, that's not something you're supposed to do. I know that now places are being opened back up, and that's something that is legal. You're allowed to do it, but is it in your best interest? So, as a baseball player on that taxi squad, you are one or two injuries or somebody testing positive away from being on the MLB team. Yeah. Some of these guys will be like Juan Lagares maybe might be on that squad, but then you've got guys like Taylor Chamel that have been just chomping at the bit for a chance to do something. You know, Jorge Onya, you know, these guys. Absolutely. And it's a good shot for them to get their feet wet. So if, if Matt comes up and Mackenzie Gore comes up and pitches out of the bullpen, or maybe starts one game just to get his feet wet, just to get that nervousness out of the way. I'm okay with that. As much as I want to see him start a full season out of spring training, play a full season and get, you know, rookie of the year or whatever Mm -hmm. from either him or Patino, uh, that's probably not going to happen. But to get their feet wet this way, I think is pretty cool. It's it's a great thing. For sure. It's a great test to see how a player like Taylor Trammell, who, you know, came on late in the season last year, is he ready? Is, you know... Think about this. Luis Camposano can yeah. have a solid, has, has a potential, if he's on that taxi squad like the, he may be, has a potential to get major league at bats. Yeah, you figure they have to have at least two catchers on that taxi squad. Yeah. I to, Back to your point, so you've got 30 guys on the taxi squad. That's enough to, to put together a scrimmage. Yeah. A, a good scrimmage. Yeah. So you need at least two catchers there. So I figure it's going to be Webster Rivas and Luis Camposano at, at a minimum. Right. And then plus whoever else, I know there's there's so much flexibility. There's so many questions to it, and so I've been enjoying seeing these articles from Dennis Lynn, AJ Casavell, yeah. kind of the frequently asked questions of how is this going to work? Because uh, there it's yeah. Well, so let's listen to what Dennis Lynn wrote this in the Athletic. Don't count on the Padres packing the taxi squad with say a dozen or so more prospects, especially ones who aren't ready to contribute. The team would like to contend in a year in which anything feels possible. With the probable cancellation of the minor league season, though, there will be some prospects in training camps besides Gore and Patino, Alfredo taylor Trammell, and also, uh, likely to, also likely to debut in 2020 is one. Luis Camposano, who's further away, is expected to join him. C.J. Abrams uh, seems like another strong possibility, and there could be other top minor league working, minor leaguers working out in San Diego. We're still going through and determining probable, uh, probably who, excuse me, we're still going to, through and determining probably who the last 10 or 12 are, Tingler said, of the 60 players the Padres will have to invite camp to camp. Uh, there's always some really tough calls to be made. So there will be some mixed in guys that, that could get a nice cup of coffee, that we're probably going to get a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. and maybe even a guy or two below that. And then maybe some AAA guys that, were that were you know your bear claws you know your um couple other guys that you know had major league experience that were on the triple a squad or even were minor league invites Mm -hmm. that could be on that squad as well yep yeah you got guys like jason vossler and seth mejias breen that were kind of 4a players in in a way so you're going to start with a 30-man 
active roster, you're going to have extra opportunities right off the bat. And then it drops down to 28 and then 26 after two and four weeks. But with the testing protocols and all this yeah. stuff, you got to figure that at some point people are going to test positive. Yeah. You're going to have injuries that come up. The The DL is changed from a 15-day back to a 10-day DL, I believe it was, or injured list now. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for these guys. So it's going to be a compressed schedule. They're, it sounds like nobody's going to be running a five-man rotation now, at least from the onset. It's going to be a six-man rotation. And I saw talk of maybe even piggybacking pitchers. So you know that you're going to have uh, Cal Quantrill pitch the first, however, you know, four innings. And then right. you bring Matt Strom in, and hopefully he can go three or four innings. So maybe you can pair guys up like that to put it together because they have to get up to speed real quick. Yeah. It takes a while for a pitcher to be able to go out there and go seven, eight innings. Yeah. And then after one or two starts in, which is very quickly, it's a sprint. One or two starts in, they can go five, six, depending on pitch counts, and they can go hot farther in. Mm-hmm. And then with our bullpen, are we look really good. I, I think we have, you know, this is optimism on top of optimism, but I think we have a good chance of doing something relatively good this season. So Dan Zaborski at Fangraphs, he does his Zips projections, and he gave the Padres a pretty good chance. It's like a 40-something percent chance of making the postseason as a wildcard team. Yeah. Pretty much everybody says the Dodgers are going to walk away with the, with the whatever – I guess it is the NL West because now that they've cordoned the the teams into these three divisions, it's still going to be NL West, NL Central, NL East, and the AL divisions. It's just Padres are going to play the NL West teams and then the NL East teams, and that's it until the postseason, right? Is that right? We're, we're it's ten teams, so we'll be playing primarily most of our games will be against um, National League opponents, and then they're going to mix in the Oakland A's, the Mariners, Texas. Uh, I'm not sure Texas, but I think Houston's in our yep Texas in, and Houston in Angels. Mm-hmm. Like we'll be playing those guys a couple times, but primarily it'll be. I think it's going to be ten te- ten games against each of the in division yeah rivals, and so then like 40. five each against the. Uh, however, it worked out. I think there was something sprinkled in to play against the other divisions, but all that's still up in the air. Uh, Everything's up in the air. Everything's up in the air. But hey, before we uh, before we go, we're actually going to bring on Jagger Jagger Haynes. Wait, we got another topic to do get we? to, though. Yeah, we did. We, we mentioned, hey, we're going to have Jagger Haynes. Well, the draft conversation with Jagger Haynes here, our our recent draftee, and so now the Padres are in the midst of signing all these guys. So Jagger, maybe we can we can edit that part. <laughs> Nothing. Never mind. Let's go. Well, yeah, no. So the only thing we don't know right now is is Cole Wilcox. Yeah. So they signed Levi Thomas. They signed uh, Jagger Haynes. They signed Owen Casey. They signed um, Justin Lang. And then they signed Robert Hassel. And now they've got exactly the amount of money set aside that it was rumored that Cole Wilcox was going to command. They were saying $3.3 million. And what do you know, after all the chips fell, the Padres have $3.3 million left in their their pool. How does he... Preller, how does... You know, and... Our draft, if we're doing that with drafting with like, you know, picking guys that we can sign for less, he did really good. I mean, Jagger Haynes, the guy we're getting ready to talk to in a minute here, is a steal. Is it? It's not just Padre fans talking. I'm reading a lot about other people mm-hmm. going like, yeah, this guy's going to be good. He's not, he's, you know, he's not going to be as polished as, let's say, Mackenzie Gore. But like for what we got him, where we got him, uh, he has a lot of upside and there's a ton to like about that guy it's not mm-hmm. just like signing some guy that we could sign on the on the low uh to get him and then justin lang we talked about him a minute ago another guy that's just you another top draft pick i mean cole obviously is a is a first round guy who dropped because of the signability but probably goes right. yeah watch this well i mean with him he's a college guy and so there's there's a track record to go off of yeah with somebody like Justin Lang, he's he just added all this muscle. He added all this velocity. He's a he's a freak athlete. I mean, yeah. crazy fast. I saw a picture today of him jumping up and like his whole shoulder, like his shoulder was even with the goalpost at a football field. And he's got crazy vertical. So the the guy's an athlete who can throw a hundred and something miles an hour. Um, Jagger Haynes, he's gotten a lot stronger. He's added some velocity. There are a lot of things, a lot of things you look at him and, and there's a lot of projectability, a yeah. lot of projection yeah. that, the, and that, I think that's part of what they're looking at with Casey Haynes and, and uh, Lang. Uh, but I think going, going into this, they must've had a plan. They had to know 
this is what these guys are going to want. So if this guy's there, we get him. And then if we pick him, then these other things have to happen. So I bet they had a bunch of different scenarios, but they knew going in a roughly what these guys were going to want. Right. And right. then it was just a matter of moving a little bit one way or the other to, to make all the dollars line up. Now, was it Owen Casey that signed for 1.200004? Yes. I got to know what the $4 gotta, is about. Please. It's got to be some kind of money. Shout out to a family member or it's, yeah. uh, it's his number uh, growing up or something like that. I like quirky stuff like that. that I love the superstition. Yeah. yeah. So somebody said maybe it's the exchange rate. <laughs> you convert it into Canadian dollars. It, it didn't quite. It didn't quite add up that way. I have to look at the four. But the four. Here. The four has to mean something. <laughs> what does it all mean? It's like I'm staring at the mashed potatoes at the the devil's post pile. <laughs> this means something. Oh, that's a great analogy. I love <laughs> the close encounters of the third kind. Uh, so Jagger Haynes is kind enough to come join us here, and we will talk to him in just a minute. Absolutely. Hi, I'm Dr. Travis Ehlers, and I'm a certified chiropractic sports physician. Been in practice for 14 years, and I'm located at Oasis MD in Mira Mesa. I see patients anywhere from the weekend warrior to professional athletes, all the way to kids, pregnant women, basically anyone that has musculoskeletal conditions. So if you want any more information or would like to uh, see a chiropractor, you can locate me at 844 844- Six two seven four seven six three. That's my office number. Otherwise, you can get more information on my website www.drtravisehealers.com. Otherwise, um, I have social media: Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So just uh, look up my name, Doctor Travis Healers. Jagger Haynes was drafted in the fifth round, 139th overall in this year's amateur draft. The left-handed pitcher had a 4-1 record with a 2.35 ERA at West Columbus High School in his junior year. And his lone senior start this year had 13 Ks in six innings. And joins us here on Friars in the Farm. Jagger, how you doing? I'm doing good. It's great to be here. Dude, so 13, you had one start, you had 13 Ks. I mean, damn, did it just, did it, how'd that go? Uh, that was actually a tough game. We ended up getting beat. Uh, uh, we were up uh, five nothing. Then whenever I came out of the game, we ended up. Uh, oh, we were up five one. I gave up an unearned run in the first inning, and uh, it was uh, it was it was a good game. I was I was feeling good. Uh, I was just uh, commanding really well, and uh, I tried just my 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 main focus was uh, just get us through every inning and try to try to give us, give our team a chance. To win. Uh, I think I did the best I could, but we had some bad luck going bad luck going into the seventh inning, and uh, unfortunately, we couldn't come away with a win. Ah, that's got to be tough. So, hey, you just got back from San Diego. Let's quick before we get any farther. Uh, let's talk about that. How cool? Well, welcome to San Diego for one thing. How's that? Uh, San Diego was great. It was a really good experience. I think it was a once in a lifetime experience with a five round draft and uh, five guys coming in. Uh, it was a lot of love they showed us. Uh, I don't, I mean, it was just one of those things. It was very surreal to be there and uh, really cool with things that we got to do, be close to the team. And I uh, just kind of made us feel like we were on the team. So in the past, we see a lot of like handshakes and bro hugs and you know, people taking pictures together. There wasn't any of that on this trip, right? Not at all. Must have been a little bit, little. It, it, it just life is so strange these days with, with everything we need to do to try to keep everybody safe. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's, this whole virus has messed a lot of things up, but uh, luckily for us, uh, baseball will be starting up here soon. I think that's the main focus, or that was the main focus, and that's uh, that's one step towards the goal. Once uh, once Major League Baseball starts back up, I think that uh, that'll allow the minor leagues for them to figure out what we need to do and what we can do. So that's awesome. So let's talk about. Well, first, isn't it kind of cool how you fly into San Diego and you're like, God, that downtown is just to your left. You're like, Oh my God, that's it's kind of crazy because you go down pretty quick there. Uh, you see Balboa Park. You see downtown to your left. You can see the ballpark there too, if you uh, if they may have pointed that out to you. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's, uh, it's a very cool airport right there by the water. Uh, on one side you got kind of the hills, and on the other side you got the city. San Diego's a very uh, it's a gorgeous place, and uh, I really like it. 
Did you get a chance to see any sights or uh, have any good Mexican food while you were in town? I did not. Uh, we were we were kind of booked the whole time we were there, but I I got to see some sea lions. That was the first for me. Okay. You got to see what one more time? Sea lion. Yeah, sea lions. Yeah, yeah, they're cool. So let's talk about draft day. Um, how was that? Where did you know the pod was going to pick you? Did you have other teams going on? Did you have all the family around? Uh, yeah, I had all the family around, and uh. It was a very anxious day. Uh, I had a really good idea that they were going to pick me. There had been a lot of talk, and uh, they were they were looking at me and a, a couple other guys for a fifth round. And uh, I, I feel like I was in a good spot going into the draft day for or day two for the draft. And uh, I guess that kind of – I was very anxious through the day. It was always in the back of my head, like, I might not get picked. I may get picked. So I just had to kind of keep myself busy through draft day, and uh, so time would go by quick. Did you guys have a spread? Did you guys have any food there? Was it catered, or did someone barbecue? Uh, we, yeah, we just had we had uh, one of my one of my good friends his uh, his grandpa. Uh, his name is Big Ricky. He uh, he cooked for all of us. He's a neighborhood hero. Ah, uh, dude, you gotta love Big it. Ricky. I big. need I need a Big Ricky in my <laughs> life to to look out for all of us in my neighborhood. Tell him he needs to get a oh, food yeah, big, truck. Big Ricky's the man. He's the man. So were the Padres the only team that, that was really talking to you or were you on the radar for some other organizations? I was in the mix for the fifth round for uh, probably four or five other teams. It was just uh, it was a hard spot with this season. And uh, I feel like having uh, Seth Frankoff right here living uh, two minutes from me and then McKenzie 10 minutes from me, that really played a big role in uh, my shot with the Padres. Yeah, it seems like the uh, the Padres had some inside information on you. Now you've been training with Seth Frankoff pretty much all summer, right? Yeah, uh, for about it's going on three and a half months now. Yes, we're going to. So was the, uh, yeah? Go ahead, Ray. So was the local scout checking in on you a lot, or were you hearing from from him quite a bit? Uh, during the, I mean, he he never came out here. I, that was against the rules, and uh, he oh, followed right. the rules. He followed the rules. Uh, I never talked to them until they were allowed to start calling us again. And uh, whatever else was, uh, whatever else happened behind the scenes, uh, it had nothing to do with uh, me or or the scout. It had, I mean, if there was any inside, I, I, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not aware of it. But he, uh, went, I guess he just followed me, followed me on Twitter and seen my progressions. And uh, he just, uh, I guess, I mean, he just took it to heart. He really fought for me, and uh, he just kept. Uh, he kept showing me to the front office and that kind of pushed, pushed my way. You know, that's interesting that how things are changing um, with social media and the ability to do video capture. And now, like, so did you guys have a, a Rapsodo or Edgertronic or anything like that that you were working with to capture data? Yeah, we had a, we had, so we had a pocket radar. We had a pocket radar. We had a stalker. And then we had a Rapsodo as well. So you added quite a bit of velocity the last 12 months, right? You kind of popped up a little bit this year. Yeah, I went from uh, this past summer sitting consistently 86 to 88. And then uh, during the fall, I was up to 90. And then now uh, during the spring, I found myself uh, 91, 93, touching 94. Woo, touching, nice gains. Touching 94 at 17. Going into a pro, <laughs> going into a pro organization, you're gonna, it'll take up some more. We are uh, the the system here. Our the Padres organization is incredible, and there is a ton of talent here. Uh, that's uh, really great guys, but they're there. They're good, and they'll push you. So, you know, you're in, you're in a talented group. You're a talented guy, and you know, a lot of us think that you you know you could should have been a second round, maybe even a third round pick if more people would have thought, you know, if more people would have knew about you. Uh, you really were kind of like the diamond in the rough that we. I think the Padres, just the way AJ Preller and his team scouts you know he got a hold of you and i read somewhere where he's like yeah jagger he's got to be good if his name is jagger and went out and he was good he's left-handed he throws strikes you know he's just like first chance you got to see uh, uh you checked all the boxes off so what other than the fastball what else do you throw uh i throw a, so i got a fastball i have a curveball change up slider mix so did you uh were you able to participate in many showcases in the last year or so I did, uh, I did, uh, I think I did, uh, what was it called, uh, border battles for, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia. I don't know if you guys can hear me, but the rain around here is picking up. It's that time of the year in the summer, but. Well, if you come out to San Diego, you'll find that <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't deal with that very much. <laughs> what, what is rain? That's, what is yeah, that? That's what I found out last week. <laughs> 
<laughs> Rain up here is off. It was it was just sunny a minute ago. Okay, so you were committed to the Tar Heels before getting drafted. Um, what was that whole recruiting process like? And then what factored into your decision process to to eventually sign with the Padres? So uh, during the recruiting, uh, I had a I had a few major D one schools looking at me. I had some lower D one schools, and I I mean I'm a I'm from North Carolina, I'm a Tar Heels fan. So that kind of played a big role into it. They yeah. took a shot. They, they, I mean, they're really good with their recruits. Really well, and they've coaches. been one of the best. Uh, they've been one of the best programs in all of NCAA for quite a while now. They have. I mean, back when I mean, I, I committed there when Wooder was there. Robert Wooder, really good pitching coach. He's with. Uh, he's the head coach at Charlotte now. But uh, Coach Fox and Coach Forbes really. Uh, they. 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 I mean, they're really. They mean a lot to me. But at the end of the day, uh, being drafted, I. Uh, I mean, my overall goal is not to play college baseball; is to uh, is to play professional baseball at the highest level. And uh, I feel like the only way I can uh, get there is I can start young. Absolutely. So you played your freshman year. You played uh, a little bit against Mackenzie Gore, yeah. I played him twice. Did you get a bat against him? I hit against him through twice. Yeah, twice. Did you rope him? I got into a three-two count with him the first time, but I don't think it had anything to do with me. I was just a little bit of a shorter kid. <laughs> so, but he uh, he ended up striking me out the first time, and then, uh, somehow the second time, if you if there was any video from the game of me hitting against him, you could see that I had no leg, I had I had no stride, no leg kick. Just I mean, it was just stole my hands at the ball. And then uh, the second time, I flew out the right field. All right, contacting a full count, and a lot of people can't say that. <laughs> Usually it's good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Now that's how it is with him. That's how I was in high school as well. So what? What you know? He also welcomed you to the to the program. Uh, did he give you any special words of advice or anything? He's a really great guy. Uh, I mean, he just. I mean, when he called me, it was one of those things. Like uh, I kind of think that he knows that I'm around the right people, and he just told me. He said, "Just keep doing what you're doing." And uh, he said, "If I need anything, let him just. He's, I got his number." So what's the next step now? Usually in years past, the draft happens and then, you know, over a little bit of time, guys show up at camp. Yeah. Um, they Maybe they get to play in the Arizona Summer League. Maybe they even get to go off to short season ball somewhere. There doesn't sound like there's going to be much of an opportunity for that, at least through the rest of the summer. So are they giving you like a workout regimen? Are they Do they have things they want you to work on? Uh, I have a workout. I have a... So we, they gave us this app for uh, all the workouts that I have to do with them. I'm following that, and then uh, I've, I've talked to the nutritionist for the team, and uh, I've got a goal right now by the time by the time August, September, whenever that is, to get out there, I'm trying to put on 10 pounds. At, I'm just trying to take a step, five pounds, just trying to catch and get up to 200 pounds. That'll, that won't happen overnight, but I can always start now and uh, make strides toward that. Just call Big Rick, man. <laughs> <laughs> He'll make it happen. Do we? <laughs> He'll have a meal for me every night. So you play travel ball with with, with the Canes. So that in with the Canes, did you play a lot of uh, state tournaments, or did you do any national stuff with the Canes uh, travel ball? Uh, it, was, it was it was all national. So our schedule last year, we went to we started out we, we went to Arizona for the Wilson Premier uh, West. Then we uh, we go we took probably a week off. And we went, we went down to uh, Orlando, Florida, down to the Wilson Premier. We did that. This was, we went on, a, we went on, so we went from Orlando, we went down to the WWBA, and we went back up to uh, another tournament in Florida. And that was, was pretty much capped off the summer. And then during the fall, we they had they had more state state tournaments during the fall until uh, until you get to Jupiter. Once you get to Jupiter, that's what what you're preparing for. And then I played I played Jupiter, and that was it. So I see your tailor-made hat. Um, you a golfer? How's your golf game? I'm a golfer, but I don't play like a golfer. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> All right, well, well, what kind of other stuff do you do away from the baseball diamond? You play video games? You like to go fishing? What kind of stuff are you up to? Yeah, I'm almost forgot what I like to do because there's not much to do now. Right now, I mean, it's just uh, I'm pretty much lifting baseball and golf right now. I play video games here and there, but uh, other than that, that's pretty much all I had to do. Well, that's fantastic. You got to tell your parents. Um, do I feel for you, Jags? Because I, uh, my name is Donovan. I was born after some other guy in the '60s as well. I don't know if you know him, but uh, all my life is like, "Hey, Donovan, named after that Donovan singer." I'm like, "Yeah, it's me." 
So you get a lot of that from being named Jagger, yeah? <laughs> yeah, before the draft, because, I mean, every time the, time the draft happened, uh, I've heard that over 100 times since, uh, since uh, about two, Thursday, two weeks ago. Okay, just just do us one favor and, and don't ever have moves like Jagger as your uh, walk-up song, because I guarantee you, once you get into minor league ball and do affiliate ball, they will throw all the funky Jagger songs that they can to just get you off your game. They're, you know, they'll they'll do that in the minor leagues. They, they find cute little ways to get into your head. And, uh, oh, they'll do it in the majors, too. Yeah. <laughs> But certainly, in- so, do you have an idea if you had a walk-up song, or you know, when you're when you're getting ready to warm up before a game, is there is there a song you like to use? Uh, I would. I don't know. I like Shinedown. Uh, I like to listen to like a uh, Sound of Madness or Domino, something like that, kind of a rock song. Anyway, okay. that's just been getting me. That's been getting me focused. All right. Yeah. Good. A little rock and roll. Get a little rock and roll in the clubhouse. That's fantastic. Oh yeah. Well, we appreciate you yeah, taking the time absolutely. to talk to us, uh, you know, sheltering from the rain out there while I look out my window and it's sunny. It uh, is. <laughs> but we look forward to you getting out on the field and actually getting to do some baseball stuff. Hopefully this fall, there's an opportunity for you guys to all get together one way or another. Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. It was uh, a pleasure to be in here. All right, bud. Appreciate it. Twisting and